All right, so it's launch day, episode number two. You know what that means, that there was an episode one. So if you didn't go check that one out yet, make sure you do that. That's with Adam Pullman, and we had a really awesome conversation. This episode, I'm talking with fitness and nutrition coach Marcy Nevin. We discussed health myths and how to establish a better relationship with food. Uh, We covered various topics from food restriction to trusting yourself to forgiving yourself when you do make a mistake. Marcy is a fitness and nutrition coach in Northern California. Having struggled with health issues, including an autoimmune disease that resulted from disordered eating and over-exercising in her 20s, her purpose is to empower women to take a holistic approach to their health and fitness. She believes daily spiritual practices, stress management, proper nutrition, and purposeful strength training are the foundation of lasting change. She's passionate about sharing the tools she used in overcoming her own struggles to help others rewrite the stories that no longer serve them and start becoming their most aligned and fulfilled selves. Hey, what if I told you I have the secret get fit quick formula? Well, I'd be lying. See, there isn't a one size fits all magic potion and fitness isn't something obtained overnight. I learned that the hard way. Through many failed experiments, I've ended up on all sides of the scale, from overweight to underweight to now my ideal weight. I've been where you are. It took a while, but I finally discovered there is a simple formula. It's reliable and sustainable. It can be tailored to your individual genetics and goals. It's not a shortcut, but knowing about it is. This show is meant to guide you along your health journey. By listening to the stories of health and fitness professionals, you will learn the principles and habits that can lead you to long-term health. I'm Teddy Benz, and I want to help you craft your fitness formula. Marcy, hi. Thank you for joining me. Hey, Teddy. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to hear what you have to say and have my listeners uh, gain some real knowledge from you. Well, like I said, I appreciate being here and the opportunity. So I will give as much information as I possibly can and hope that it is helpful for everybody who listens. Excellent. That's what, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> um, so could you give me a little uh, backstory about how you got into health and fitness um, and what you do today? I, you're a, a nutrition and fitness coach, uh, but how exactly uh, do you coach people? Do you have any kind of specific uh, focus in what you do? Sure. So my backstory is that when I was around, I can't remember exactly between 10 and 12, I started to be very self-conscious of my body and what it looked like. So I noticed that I seemed to be gaining weight. I was heavier than all of my very thin friends who could eat whatever they wanted and not gain weight and just be, you know, very, be very lean. And I was not blessed with that. So I was very active. I played all of the sports, but at the time I didn't know anything about nutrition. And I think that my parents did the best that they could, uh, you know, having me eat healthy, but I clearly was just eating too much. And I will be honest, I think food has always been a source of comfort and connection for me. I just kind of grew up that way with my grandmother, my dad, and 
Uh, I spent a lot of time alone when I was a kid because not not too young. <laughs> My parents were great, but you know they worked full time, and so there would be times when I would come home from school and be by myself. And I think that I used food to comfort me and to be my companion. Uh, and so, yeah, I did end up gaining weight and I just became very self-conscious about it. So like I said, probably around the age of 12, I would say, I decided that I was going to lose weight. I had no idea how to go about it or what I was doing, but I knew that there was, you know, an exercise component and I had seen my mom exercise. I had seen my dad exercise over the years and my mom had some, and this is really dating me, fitness, like VHS tapes. So aerobics tapes and things like that. And I started doing them in our living room over the summer when I was off school. And it really started around the time, maybe a couple of weeks before we were going to go on our family vacation. We went up to a lake every year over the summer and I had to be in a bathing suit. And again, I was very self-conscious. So I was like, oh, I'm going to lose this weight so I can feel more comfortable in my bathing suit. Not knowing that, you know, it, it takes a lot more than two weeks to do that, <laughs> but I did the best I could. So that's kind of what started it. And uh, this brings me then to my freshman year of high school where I was still overweight. So prior to that, you know, I was, I was doing the exercise and I was asking my mom for advice on how to lose weight. And she was saying, oh, don't eat sugar, eat low fat. You know, she was just kind of following the diet trends at the time. She didn't know what she was doing either. So I was trying all these different approaches and nothing was really working. And I finally got really fed up and I told her like, I have got to do something about this because I'm going into high school and I don't want to feel so uncomfortable. I want to feel confident, you know, going to this new school, meeting new people, all of that. So she agreed that we would do Weight Watchers together. So I started doing Weight Watchers and I actually lost a decent amount of weight and entered high school feeling a lot more confident. And that was great. And then I started going to a gym with my mom. So it was a, a women's only gym and we were taking step classes and, and I was doing all the cardio, lifting weights a little bit, but I really didn't know what I was doing. Uh, and that, you know, kind of helped things progress a little bit more. And then my sophomore year, I started dating somebody who was a year older and we got really into the gym together. So he and I actually started to lift weights and made some more progress from there. And then my senior year of high school, I took a sports medicine class. And one of the units that we did was all about nutrition and fitness. So Teddy, you are probably way too young for this. Uh, but there was a book at the time called Body for Life, written by this guy named Bill Phillips, who was the CEO of this huge supplement company. And this is kind of around the time of like the clean eating era. So in cheat days and whatnot, you know, six small meals a day. So I started following this book because it was required reading material in this class. And I followed the program pretty much to a T. So I was drinking the shakes that he recommended. I was doing the workouts. I was eating, yeah, the six small meals a day. And I really noticed some progress from there. So that kind of got me hooked on weight training and eating clean, so to speak. So then in college, it became like literally an obsession. And that's when it got a little bit 
uh, I will call or say like disordered. So I was working out in the morning, doing cardio before classes. I was going to the gym at night to lift weights. My diet was very, very restrictive. Pretty much got to the point where I was living off of egg beaters, protein shakes, chicken breast, you know, steamed vegetables, uh, sugar-free jello, cottage cheese, and like maybe some oatmeal here and there. <laughs> and that was it. And a lot of coffee and Diet Coke. Uh, so I lost a lot of weight and had a very unhealthy relationship with food and exercise. Um, I probably should have been put into some sort of like, you know, recovery type program, but my, my mom says this, she's like, I was just, I was too afraid to do it because I thought that I was going to like lose you as a daughter in a sense that, you know, if I tried to do anything that you would, you know, really like disown me. So despite her wanting to help me, she felt like she couldn't because she was afraid of the outcome. So eventually like I, I started to make some changes towards the end of college because even my friends were showing some concern and I didn't want to lose my friendships. Uh, so I did start yeah, making some changes, gained a little bit of weight and was in a better place with my relationship to food and exercise. And then when I graduated, you know, I started work and um, was continuing to go to the gym and, and kind of following like, you know, the bro splits, like body part split weight training and still eating, you know, pretty much like clean foods, this and that. Um, and it was just like, I kind of hit a plateau and was spinning my wheels. So I was spending a lot of time on fitness blogs and websites trying to learn more and finding ways to like build more muscle, get leaner. Like I really, I wanted nothing more than to look like someone on the cover of a fitness magazine, like one of those figure competitors. So figured or realized like I can't do this on my own. And I came across an online coach who at the time was doing things very differently than I was. So he was talking about, you know, not doing cardio with his clients. He was talking about what you would call now flexible dieting. So being able to eat kind of like whatever you wanted in moderation and still getting results. So I hired him and that is where my relationship with food and exercise really began to change because he did put me on a meal plan, which I don't love, but I was able to make substitutions to the foods on the meal plan. And that allowed me to see like, oh, I can eat potatoes. I can eat oatmeal. I can eat cheese. I can eat fruit. I can have some like frozen yogurt after a workout and still see results. So that was incredibly encouraging. I don't have to do cardio for 45 minutes, five or six days a week, and I can still get lean. I can still, you know, reach my goals. So that was very encouraging. And I stopped working with him at some point and, you know, did things on my own for a little bit. And then I've always like had a coach in some capacity because I don't like to uh, have to think about it myself. But that was really the turning point when I learned how to do things the more like healthy and sustainable way. And now that is how I help my clients as well. So really quick though, I, I never intended to actually be a coach. <laughs> so I got my personal training certification in college just as something to kind of fall back on and something to do for a job as I was working my way through school. And then I went into outside sales after college and I was a horrible salesperson. I hated it. 
I actually got fired from my second sales job. And I was like, well, I don't really know what I'm going to do. So I guess I'll go be a trainer until I figure out what my next step is. And 12 years later, here I am still doing it. <laughs> so uh, I had an in-person coaching business for, yeah, 12 years that pretty much got shut down due to COVID. Fortunately, I had been working on building my online business for the past three years or so. So I was able to you know, continue working on that, transition some of my in-person clients to online. And now I am working solely online, helping people with their fitness and nutrition and just, uh, and really their mindset around that, you know, I have to, uh, kind of help them unlearn everything that they have learned along the way. And, you know, similar to how I did it, like making those mistakes, uh, yeah, so that is what I do. Wow, that was great. It's unfortunate that you did have to go through all of that and have those experiences, but um, I think in the end, it is for a greater good uh, because it seems like even though it was accidental, you ended up in the right place, um, being able to help a lot of people uh, to either get out of a similar situation or to just avoid your situation completely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I could look back on that experience and say, oh, I wish I had never gone through that. But I know that I would not be here today helping the people I am, making the impact that I am, and really having a career that I am passionate about had I not gone through that. Right. If you hadn't, you might still be stuck in sales. Yes. Well, <laughs> who knows? Because, uh, yeah, like I said, I did get fired and I feel like that was just. It, that was a bad experience. We'll say that. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I would not want to be in sales right now. That is for sure. <laughs> I like working for myself. As hard as it is, it's way more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. So while you were uh, telling your backstory, you were talking about a number of myths maybe that you uh, came across and were following and they led you uh, in the wrong direction. And after a time and gaining more knowledge, you recognize that those weren't actually the best thing for you. Uh, could you talk a little bit about maybe a myth from uh, the nutrition side of things as well as the exercise side of things? Sure. So nutrition side of things, I would say I'm going to go with two. One, you need to eat five to six small meals a day to increase your metabolism. <laughs> so that is what I did. And, and don't get me wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong with that if you enjoy it, if it fits your schedule. But for most people, they just do not have the time or really the mental capacity to, to do that. It takes a lot of preparation, takes a lot of planning. You know, the cooking itself can take a long time. I mean, I remember, yeah, in college, you know, getting up at literally the crack of dawn and cooking my egg white scramble before I went to the gym and packing all my food for the day. And it was exhausting. And then going through, cause like I said, I was an outside sales. So I spent a lot of time in the car having to pull over and, you know, at exactly two o'clock eat meal number three. <laughs> uh, because if I didn't, then I was going to lose all my muscle or making sure that I drank a protein shake as soon as I was done with my workout. And it's just, I don't think a lot of people have, like I said, the capacity for that. Not that there's anything wrong with it. And if it works for you, great. 
but I think for most people, it's not sustainable, at least the people who I try to help, who are busy professionals, they have a family, and you know, fitness is a part of their life, but it's not the main focus. You know, so they are not getting paid to work out and to meal prep and be in the best shape of their life, right? So yeah, that would be the first myth is that you can eat, I mean, however many times a day you want. Like I'm not a huge fan of just eating one time per day, especially if gaining muscle is your goal. I would say, you know, probably at least three. I prefer four meals a day. That's what works best for me. Um, but yeah, just doing what works for you, what fits your schedule. If you like bigger meals, you know, eat a few, eat fewer times per day. If you enjoy the smaller meals, like that's fine too, but there's no one way to do it when it comes to actual meal timing. So that would be the first. The second nutrition myth is that you cannot eat carbs and lose weight. Uh, so I fell for that one for years. Like I said, in college, I mean, I would eat some oatmeal after my workout and that was pretty much it. Um, fruit was off limits. I remember <laughs> Teddy, like the first day when I was kind of going through this recovery process, I think it was probably my junior year of college eating a banana and being so proud of myself because I allowed myself to eat the banana. Like that, that goes to show just how disordered my mindset was around food, around carbs. Yeah. Cause that, at that time it was, you know, carbs were kind of the devil, so to speak. So protein and vegetables were the thing. Um, and carbs would make you gain weight. So I avoided them, but now I eat hundreds grams of carbs every day and it's allowed me to build more muscle. I can stay lean. It helps me feel my workouts. I enjoy them. So I feel satisfied for my meals. So yeah, those would be my, my biggest two. The second point uh, I think is an important one to make, uh, not to demonize any particular food or food group or macronutrient um, lead, can lead to a lot of unhealthy problems uh, down the road. Um, yeah. One physically, but also mentally. Oh, sure. I think my lack of carbohydrate consumption for as long as I did that coupled with the intense training and just stress from, you know, everyday life, it really did sacrifice my health. And that's one thing that I did not mention. I almost like forgot about it until now. So thank you for the reminder, but my junior year of college. So right around Memorial day, I ended up developing an autoimmune disease. So a skin condition called psoriasis. And at the time, you know, I went to a a dermatologist and they didn't know the reason like, Oh, it's stress. Oh, it's yeah. They basically blamed it on stress, which I do think is a component, but I think my body was so stressed because I was not fueling it the way that I needed to. And so it had this downstream effect on my body. And then it, yeah, it ended up me or ended up with me developing this autoimmune disease. So uh, that was definitely a learning lesson. And you know, I've never been, I've never experienced binge eating. Like I said in the beginning of the podcast, I think that I can have like emotional eating tendencies where yes, I will use food for comfort and all of that, but I've never been a binge eater. But I do know from working with many clients who are binge eaters that it typically is the result of extreme restriction and deprivation. So the more you put something off limits, the more that you 
want to have it. So it's like what you focus on expands. And then if you are very deprived, if you're also trying to undereat, you're over exercising, you know, that's a lot of stress on your body and your brain. And then it's like, there's no way that you can actually sustain that. And people, they break at some point. And that's when they go kind of all in on these foods that they were depriving themselves on. Rather than if you had just had a little bit, you know, allowed yourself to enjoy that without guilt, found a way to make it fit into you know, your calorie target, then you wouldn't need, or you wouldn't have the need or desire to overeat it. Right. And, um, let's take a person who is, um, in a situation where they have that kind of relationship with food. They have certain foods that are off limits and they can only eat at certain times of the day and they're still not seeing results. Uh, what kind of advice would you have for someone like that? Maybe some kind of uh, tip that you could give them that they could practice long-term, but also something that they could start practicing today. Well, Teddy, you used the word that I was going to mention, which is practice. And for a lot of people, they really have to, it can be scary to allow yourself those foods because you do have these you know, built in beliefs from possibly years of patterning and what you have learned through the media or, you know, your trainer at the gym, your favorite fitness influencer who is spreading this misinformation. And if that has been your mindset for a really long time, you don't necessarily just like automatically flip the switch, right? So you do have to practice, you do have to try to trust yourself. So I would say, you know, pick one food that you really enjoy that you feel is off limits, that you feel you can't control yourself around and allow yourself to have that. You know, maybe you don't like, let's say it's ice cream. Maybe you don't bring an entire gallon of ice cream into the house, but maybe you go out and you get a scoop of ice cream so that you're in control of the portion and you would, aren't going to have that desire. I mean, maybe you would have a desire, but like you wouldn't have the ability to eat it in excess like you would if it was in your house. Or if you're going to bring something into the house, bring in a single size portion of it, allow yourself to have it, um, you know, enjoy it, eat it mindfully, and then, you know, allow yourself to see like, hey, nothing bad happened from here. So I didn't wake up the day or the next day five pounds heavier and just try to do that over and over again and create evidence for the fact that I can eat these foods and nothing bad is going to happen so long as I moderate the amount and you're not going to be perfect. So let go of that belief. There might be times that in a weak moment, yes, you do overeat the thing. That's okay. Forgive yourself, move on. Uh, so yeah, it takes practice. It takes repetition, but if you just learn to develop that trust with yourself over time, it's going to get easier. And now that is going to be kind of like your new identity that I can eat any food I want in moderation. And I trust myself around it. Yeah. That's a great piece of advice to kind of utilize some kind of external control to help you in the process, like either leave ice cream in its own place at the ice cream shop or bring it in in just a single serving so that there is some kind of external control to help you so you can kind of dip your feet into getting comfortable with 
the fact that you are able to eat that. And then maybe as you gradually um, come to terms with that fact, you can begin to exert that control yourself. Exactly. And I had, I had to have a coach to help me with that. I wasn't able to do it on my own. Who knows where I would be right now if I did not hire that person when I was, you know, 24 years old. And had he not given me this meal plan with all of these foods that I had not eaten in years, right? Like he kind of had, that was like a baby step approach for me. And I had him, you know, let's say hold my hand in the beginning until I was able to see, oh, look, I'm getting results eating in this way. So like this does work. You've got to allow it. You got to allow yourself the time to actually let it work so that you can see, you know, that you do not have to be so restrictive. So maybe it is getting some external support if you feel like you can't do it on your own. Right. Well, thank you for your story and for uh, all of the great information you gave. I really appreciate you coming on. Well, Teddy, thank you for having me. It was wonderful to be here and I look forward to the next chat. Yeah. Um, before you go, I'd like to give you an opportunity to tell a little bit about where listeners can find you, how, how they can interact with you. Sure. I spend most of my time over on Instagram and my username is just Marcy Nevin. So I'm there. And then I also have a podcast that I do with three of my friends called The Decades of Strength. And you can find that on iTunes. Great. And I'll have links to all of that down in the show notes. So uh, be sure to check that out. Perfect. Great. Thank you, Marcy. You're welcome, Teddy. Talk soon. Hey, I wanted to say thank you so much for listening. I've set a goal of helping as many people as I can live happier, healthier lives, even if it is just in the small way that this podcast can provide. If you have found this episode valuable, and if you haven't already, please consider subscribing as well as leaving a rating and review. It helps grow the show, which allows me to reach more people like you. Until next time, be well. I think Marcy gave just a lot of great information. She provided a bunch of food for thought. <laughs> See what I did there? So food for thought about how to have a better, healthier relationship with food. Be sure to check out the next episode. That's episode number three of this launch day in which I speak to Jason Goggins.